Section thirty seven of Italian Hours by Henry James. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. The Saints Afternoon and Others. Part two. Five. My friend had among many original relics in one of his white galleries, and how he understood the effect and the value of whiteness two or three reproductions of the finest bronzes of the Naples Museum, the work of a small band of brothers whom he had found himself justified in trusting to deal with the problem honourably, and to bring forth something as different as possible from the usual compromise of commerce. They had brought forth in a special for him a copy of the young, resting, slightly panting Mercury, which it was a pure delight to live with, and they had come over from Naples on St. Anthony's Eve, as they had done the year before, to report themselves to their patron to keep up good relations, to drink Capri wine, and to join in the Tarantella. They arrived late, while we were at supper. They received their welcome and their billet, and I'm not sure it was not the conversation and the beautiful manners of these obscure young men that most fixed in my mind for the time the sense of the side of life that all around was to come out strongest it will be artless no doubt to represent them as high types of innocence or even of energy at the same time that weighing them against some ruder folk of our own race we might perhaps have made bold to place their share even of these qualities in the scale. It was an impression indeed never infrequent in Italy, of which I might in these days first have felt the force during a stay just earlier with a friend at Sorrento, a friend who had good-naturedly had in on his wondrous terrace after dinner for the pleasure of the gaping alien the usual local quartet, violins, guitar and flute, the musical barber, the musical tailor, saddler, joiner, humblest sons of the people and exponents of Neapolitan song. Neapolitan song, as we know, has been blown well around the world and it is late in the day to arrive with a ravished ear for it that, however, was scarcely at all for me the question, the question on the Sorrento Terrace, so high up in the cool Capri night, was of the present outlook in the world for the races with whom it has been a tradition and intercourse positively to please. The personal civilization for intercourse of the musical barber and tailor of the pleasant young craftsman of my other friend's company, was something that could be trusted to make the brooding tourist brood afresh. To say more to him, in fact, all the rest of the second occasion, than everything else put together. The happy address, the charming expression, the indistinctive discretion. The complete eclipse, in short, of vulgarity and brutality. These things easily became among these people the supremely suggestive note. 
begetting a hundred hopes and fears as to the place that, with the present general turn of affairs about the globe, is being kept for them. They are perhaps what the races politically feeble have still most to contribute. But what appears to be the happy prospect for the races politically feeble? And so the afternoon waned among the mellow marbles and the pleasant folk. The purple wine flowed, the golden light faded, song and dance grew free, and circulation slightly embarrassed. But the great impression remained, and finally was exquisite. It was all purple wine, all art and song, and nobody a grain the worse. It was fireworks and conversation. The former in the piazzetta were to come later. It was civilization and amenity. I took in the greater picture, but I lost nothing else. And I talked with a contadini about antique sculpture. No, nobody was a grain the worse. And I had plenty to think of. So it was, I was quickened to remember, that we others, we of my own country, as a race politically not weak, had, by what I had somewhere just heard, opened 300 saloons at Manila. 6. The other afternoons I here pass on to, and I may include in them for that matter various mornings, scarce less charmingly sacred to memory, were occasions of another and a later year, a brief but all felicitous impression of Naples itself, and of the approach to it from Rome, as well as the return to Rome by a different wonderful way, which I fear I shall be wise never to attempt to improve on. Let me muster assurance to confess that this comparatively recent and superlatively rich reminiscence gives me for its first train of ineffable images those of a motor run, that beginning be times of a splendid June day, seeing me with my genial companions blissfully out of Porto San Paolo, hung over us thus its benediction till the splendour had faded in the lamp-lit rest of the Chiaia. We'll go by the mountains, my friend of the chariot of fire had said, and we'll come back after three days by the sea. Which handsome promise flowered into such flawless performance that I could but feel it to have closed and rounded for me beyond any further re-handling the long-drawn rather indeed than thick-studded chaplet of my visitations of Naples, from the first seasoned with the highest sensibility of youth forty years ago to this last the other day. I find myself noting with interest, and just to be able to emphasise it is what inspires me with these remarks, that in spite of the milder and smoother and perhaps pictorially speaking considerably emptier Neapolitan face of things, 
things in general of our later time, I recognised in my final impression a grateful, a beguiling serenity. The place is at the best wild and weird and sinister, and yet seemed on this occasion to be seated more at her ease in her immense natural dignity. My disposition to feel that, I hasten to add, was doubtless my own secret. My three beautiful days, at any rate, filled themselves with a splendid harmony, several of the minor notes of which ask for a place, such as it may be, just here. Wondrously, it was a clean and cool, and, as who should say, quiet and amply interspaced Naples, in tune with itself, no harsh jangle of forestieri vulgarising the concert. I seemed, in fact, under the blaze of summer, the only stranger, though the blaze of summer itself was, for that matter, everywhere but a higher pitch of light and colour and tradition, and a lower pitch of everything else, even it struck me of sound and fury. The appeal, in short, was genial, and faring out to Pompeii of a Sunday afternoon, I enjoyed there, for the only time I can recall, the sweet chance of a late hour or two, the hour of the lengthening shadows, absolutely alone. The impression remains ineffaceable. It was to supersede half a dozen other mixed memories, the sense that had remained with me from far back, of a pilgrimage always here beset with traps and shocks and vulgar importunities achieved under fatal discouragements. Even Pompeii in fine, haunt of all the cockneys of creation, burned itself in the warm still even tide as clear as glass or as the glow of a pale topaz and the particular cockney who roamed without a plan and at his ease but with his feet on roman slabs his hands on roman stones his eyes on the roman void his consciousness really at last of some good to him could open himself as never before to the fond, luxurious fallacy of a close communion, a direct revelation, with which there were other moments for him not less the fruit of the slow unfolding of time, the clearest of these again being those enjoyed on the terrace of a small island villa, the island a rock, and the villa a wondrous little rock garden, unless a better term would be perhaps rock salon, just off the extreme point of Posilippo, and where, thanks to a friendliest hospitality, he was to hang ecstatic through another sublime afternoon on the wave of a magical wand. Here, as happened, were charming wise original people, even down to the delightful amphibious American children enamelled by the sun of the bay as for figures of miniature tritons and nereids on a renaissance plaque and above all on the part of the general prospect 
a demonstration of the grand style of composition and effect that one was never to wish to see bettered. The way in which the Italian scene on such occasions as this seems to purify itself to the transcendent and perfect idea alone, idea of beauty, of dignity, of comprehensive grace, and all accidents merged, all defects disowned, all experience outlived, and to gather itself up into the mere mute eloquence of what had just incalculably been, remains forever the secret and the lesson of the subtlest daughter of history. All one could do at the heart of the overarching crystal and in presence of the relegated city, the far-trailing mount, the grand Sorrentine headland, the islands incomparably stationed and related, was to wonder what may well become of the so many other elements of any poor human and social complex, what might become of any successfully working or only struggling and floundering civilization at all, when high natural elegance proceeds to take such exclusive charge and recklessly assume as it were all the responsibilities seven this indeed had been quite the thing i was asking myself all the wondrous way from rome it was to ask myself afresh on the return largely within sight of the sea as our earlier course had kept to the ineffably romantic inland valleys the great decorated blue vistas in which the breasts of the mountains shine vaguely with strange high-lying city and castle and church and convent even as shoulders of no diviner line might be hung about with dim old jewels it was odd at the end of time long after those initiations of comparative youth that had then struck one as extending the very field itself of felt charm as exhausting the possibilities of fond surrender it was odd to have positively a new basis of enjoyment a new gate of triumphant passage thrust into one's consciousness and opening to one's use just as i confess i have to brace myself a little to call by such fine names our latest our ugliest and most monstrous aid to motion it is true of the monster as we have known him up to now that one can neither quite praise him nor quite blame him without a blush he reflects so the nature of the company he is condemned to keep his splendid easy power addressed to noble aims makes him assuredly on occasion a purely beneficent creature i parenthesize at any rate that i know him in no other light counting out of course the acquaintance that consists of a dismayed arrest in the road with back flattened against wall or hedge for the dusty smoky stenchy shock of his passage to no end is his easy power more blessed than to that of ministering to the ramifications as it were of curiosity or to that in other words 
of achieving for us among the kingdoms of the earth the grander and more genial the comprehensive and complete introduction much as it was ever to be said for our old forms of pilgrimage and i am convinced that they are far from wholly superseded they left they had to leave dreadful gaps in our yearning dreadful lapses in our knowledge dreadful failures in our energy there are always things off and beyond goals of delight and dreams of desire that dropped as a matter of course into the unattainable and over to which our wonder-working agent now flings the firm straight bridge curiosity has lost under this amazing extension its salutary renouncements perhaps contemplation has become one with action and satisfaction one with desire speaking always in the spirit of the inordinate lover of an enlightened use of our eyes that may represent for all i know an insolence of advantage on which there will be eventual heavy charges as yet obscure and incalculable to pay and i glance at the possibility only to avoid all thought of the lesson of the long run and to insist that i utter this dithyram but in the immediate flush and fever of the short for such a beat of time as our fine courteous and contemplative advance upon naples and for such another as our retreat northward under the same fine law of observation and homage the bribed consciousness can only decline to question its security the sword of damocles suspended over that presumption the skeleton at the banquet of extravagant ease would have been that even at our actual inordinate rate leaving quite apart improvements to come such savings of trouble begin to use up the world some hard grain of difficulty being always a necessary part of the composition of pleasure the hard grain in our old comparatively pedestrian mixture before this business of our learning not so much even to fly which might indeed involve trouble as to be mechanically and prodigiously flown quite another matter was the element of uncertainty effort and patience the handful of silver nails which i admit drove many an impression home the seated motorist misses the silver nails i fully acknowledge save in so far as his aesthetic let alone his moral conscience may supply him with some artful subjective substitute in which case the thing becomes a precious secret of his own however i wander wild by which i mean i look too far ahead my intention having been only to let my sense of the merciless june beauty of naples bay at the sunset hour and on the island terrace associate itself with the whole inexpressible taste of our two motor days feast of scenery that queer question of the exquisite grand manner as the most 
emphasised all of things, of what it may be, seated so predominant in nature, insidiously through the centuries, let generations and populations in for, hadn't in the least waited for the special emphasis I speak of to hang about me. I must have found myself more or less consciously entertaining it by the way, since how couldn't it be of the very essence of the truth constantly and intensely before us that Italy is really so much the most beautiful country in the world, taking all things together, that others must stand off and be hushed while she speaks. Seen thus in great comprehensive iridescent stretches, it is the incomparable wrought fusion, fusion of human history and mortal passion with the elements of earth and air, of colour, composition and form that constitutes her appeal and gives it the supreme heroic grace. The chariot of fire favours fusion rather than promotes analysis and leaves much of that first June picture for me doubtless a great accepted blur of violet and silver. The various hours and successive aspects, the different strong passages of our reverse process, on the other hand, still figure for me even as some series of sublime landscape frescoes. If the great cloud, say, had ever used that medium, in the immense gallery of a palace, the home would run by Capua, Terracina, Gaeta, and its storied headland fortress, across the deep, strong, indescribable pontine marshes, white-cattled, strangely pastoral, sleeping in the afternoon glow, yet stirred by the near sea-breath. Thick somehow to the imagination, as some full-bodied sweetness of syrup is thick to the palate, the atmosphere of that region, thick with the sense of history, and the very taste of time, as if the haunt and home, which indeed it is, of some great, fair, bovine aristocracy, attended and guarded by halberdiers, in the form of the mounted and long-lanced herdsmen, admirably congruous with the whole picture at every point, and never more so than in their manner of gaily taking up, as with bell voices of gold and bronze, the offered wayside greeting. There had been this morning, among the impressions of our first hour, an unforgettable specimen of that general type, the image of one of those human figures on which our perception of the romantic so often pounces in Italy, as on the genius of the scene personified with this advantage that as the scene there has at its best an unsurpassable distinction, so the physiognomic representative standing for it all, with an animation, a complexion, an expression, a fineness and fullness of humanity that appear to have gathered it all in and sum it up, becomes beautiful by the same simple process very much that makes the heir to a great capitalist, rich. 
Our early start, our roundabout descent from Posilippo by Shining Baye for avoidance of the city, had been an hour of enchantment beyond any notation I can here recover. All lustre and azure, yet all composition and classicism, the prospect developed and spread, till after extraordinary opera reaches of radiance and horizons of pearl, we came at the turn of a descent upon a stalwart young gamekeeper, or perhaps substantial young farmer, who, well appointed and blooming, had unslung his gun, and, resting on it beside a hedge, just lived for us in the rare felicity of his whole look during that moment, and, while in recognition, or almost as we felt in homage, we instinctively checked our speed. He pointed, as it were, the lesson, giving the supreme right accent or final exquisite tone to the immense magnificent phrase, which from those moments on and on and on resembled doubtless nothing so much as a page written by a consummate verbal economist and master of style in the noblest of all tongues. Our splendid human plant by the wayside had flowered thus into style. And there wasn't to be all day a lapse of eloquence, a wasted word, or a cadence missed. These things are personal memories, however, with the logic of certain insistences of that sort often difficult to seize. Why should I have kept so sacredly unaffaced, for instance, our small afternoon wait at tea-time, or, as we made it, coffee-time, in the little brown piazzetta of Valletri, just short of the final push-on through the flushed Castelli Romani and the drop-and-home stretch across the darkening Campagna. We had been dropped into the very lap of the ancient civic family after the inveterate fashion of one's sense of such stations in small Italian towns. There was a narrow raised terrace with steps in front of the best of the two or three local cafes, and in the soft enclosed, the warm waning light of June, various benign contemplative worthies sat at disburdened tables, and while they smoked long black weeds, enjoyed us under his probable workings of subtlety, with which we invest so many quite unimaginably blank, I dare say, Italian simplicities. The charm was, as always in Italy, in the tone and the air, in the happy hazard of things, which made any positive pretension or claimed importance a comparatively trifling question. We slid in the steep little place, more or less downhill. We wished, stomachally, we had rather addressed ourselves to a tea-basket. We suffered importunity from unchidden infants who swarmed about our chairs and romped about our feet. We stayed no long time and went to see nothing. Yet we communicated 
to intensity. We lay at our ease in the bosom of the past. We practised intimacy, in short, an intimacy so much greater than the mere accidental and ostensible. The difficulty for the right and grateful expression of which makes the old, the familiar tax on the luxury of loving Italy. 1900 to 1909. End of section 37. End of Italian Hours by Henry James.